Thank you for joining the Grim and Bloody podcast. Today we have on the show Jenny Runnaker. And let me go ahead and introduce the host of the show, Al Omega, host of Creature Features. Thank you for coming on this early, Al. I know you're a busy ah, guy. Glad to be here. Joe Flynn, Create TV. How are you doing this morning, Joe? Ah, fantastic. All right. And Kevin Nicholson, writer for Horror News Net. Hi, guys. How you doing? Uh, I'm doing fine. It's a Saturday morning, and I get to talk to Jenny Running. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that's it. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Jenny. Yeah, you're welcome. But it's not Saturday morning here. It's like uh, 6 o'clock Saturday evening. Oh, it's but beer 30 still shining. Yeah. Have I'll have a drink, drink in your honor. <laughs> you have to remember that the United States is behind the UK and just about everything. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we run behind no, you guys. Yeah. Well, it's a pleasure to be on here. <laughs> now, what do you want to know? <laughs> well, I'll start it off then if you're going to ask me. Uh, I was Go just going through your bio, and besides looking at the burning baby, which just looks really interesting and weird, yeah, uh, fear is the mind killer. That's, oh yeah, it, it, am I getting that right? That it's like people rounding up clowns and trying to change the yeah, back yeah, to yeah, people. Yeah, it was actually sort of quite a long. It's a music video. It's quite long. Ah. One. Yeah, it's about clowns. It's very, uh, yeah, it's like people are all clowns. It's, it's very anti-establishment. I wonder if we could do that with with politicians. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> invert them back to normal people. And the burning baby. Um, you know, I'm I'm looking at that, and it says it's it's horror. That's some yeah. weird, freaky stuff. Yeah, it's a. It was it was we did it in Scotland. Yeah, it's done Ooh. by it right up in Scotland on an island off the coast of Scotland called Iona. I mean, like really remote. We had to be rowed across in a boat to get there, and we spent like two weeks, two and a half weeks on this island. There's no shops. There's nothing. You had to take all the food, everything with you. In this great big old big creepy house, sort of stuck in the middle of the island, built by an old old sea captain about 200 years ago. Anyway, wow. so we filmed, we filmed it there, and it was about this, it's, yeah, it's a crazy old horror movie. It's this sort of, this this mother that's got these, uh, these um, two children, three children, and the, the youngest one is this baby that she loves, and he's, he's a grown man, and she's saying, and she got him all three nappies and won't let him go out and all this kind of stuff. So, I mean, it's quite it's quite interesting and weird. Yes, I, I, what really struck me, especially you're telling me it's in Scotland, that there are naturalists in it. And uh, to me, that always sounds like nudists. And I cannot imagine a Scottish nudist out there on an island. <laughs> not not uh, unfrozen, at least. Uh, well, well, yeah, I know. But, uh, well, I wasn't in those scenes. It was it was not really nudists. You just, because they're sort of creatures, these sort of animal half human people that sort of flip ah. through the through the forests, and you just sort of see see bits and pieces of them chasing through street. They're like little animals, actually, but oh, okay. they're, all, they're all in wigs and things like that. I mean, it was all very far out. It's not, it's not, you know, it wasn't sort of a normal normal kind of film at all, but it's, it's very beautiful, actually, very beautifully shot. Looking at some of the makeup, far out is exactly the word I would have used. Yeah. So. Now, now let me ask you, uh, uh, Denny, the, um, uh, what intrigued you about getting into uh, uh, getting into film? Uh, were you uh, uh, were you always interested as a uh, as a child, or uh, 
Uh, what in, in in movies in filmmaking? In movie, in, in, yeah, in, in, I, I, I always love films. I love films, but originally I wanted to go to art school, which I did later. But I didn't go to art school straight from school. I was sort of fiddling around, and then I started to. I went decided then to go to a drama school. So I went to a drama school and did that. Then I obviously got into acting, but I always had this sort of niggling thing to do art school, and then I finally went back to art school, and I got I got. Uh, I got a BA, then I got an MA in conceptual fine art practice. And anyway, but in between time, I kept on filming. So it's been sort of, yeah, that's what I did. But it wasn't, I wanted to do something in the arts, but it, as a kid growing up, I wanted to go to art school, but it sort of gradually turned into this drama thing. So that's how it happened. Now, you, uh, as you, you've had quite the, the resume working with some of the finest directors uh, that uh, that have come around. I, I have to ask you, one of your early ones was, uh, one of, it's one of my favorites because he has, his first eye is a flair for the visual. And that's Freddie Francis. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk about working on Creeping Flesh. Oh yeah. With these two icons, you have Christopher Lee and you have Peter Cushing. Peter Cushing, yeah, I know. This well, has been on my save yeah. list on Amazon Prime is for it? months that I need to yeah. watch because the premise just sounds really, really good. Well, uh, I did. I was at drama school and I did one film. I did sort of like a very arty film by, by John Cassavetes called Husbands. And uh -huh. that was actually from drama school into that. Then... then um, I don't know, then Husbands took about two years coming out, and like everything just dropped and there was nothing happened. So I did what they call repertory theatre over here. And then in the middle of repertory theatre, uh, my agent just said, oh, do you want to go and meet Freddie Francis for this part, The Creeping Flesh? So I then went met old, met old Freddie Francis, and it was a very brief, brief interview. And it's not a huge part, but it's, it's a very sort of essential part because you talk about it, you see you see the character. And um, it's Marguerite, her, her his... Peter Cushing's wife. Peter Cushing was this mad um, scientist. And Christopher Lee was his brother, who's also a mad scientist. And uh, uh, Peter Cushing finds, he's like an anthropologist, and he finds this strange uh, uh, hand. It's supposed to be out in New Guinea somewhere, a sort of skeleton of a hand, and he brings it back. And Christopher C. Lee sort of looks at it in his laboratory to try and analyze what it is. And, and anyway, the story is that the hand starts coming to life and creeps around all over the place. Yeah. So that's what it is. The hand, the hand sort of takes over it's his own life of his own. Now, what was um, what's, uh, working with Freddie like, and uh, you know, especially very, you know, very early in your uh, in your career, was he the uh, was he well, ever the the actor's director, or was he just the one who, who let you create? He was, oh, he was, uh, don't forget he was a cameraman. He was a, he was a very, very uh, uh, loved and, and respected cameraman who won, won prizes I think, before. before he, and he started up from the roots. I mean, it wasn't like, I don't think he started off like they do now, all going to film school and all the other kind of stuff. I mean, Freddie started, I think, as a photographer's assistant on stills photographs or something. And then from there, he, he did stills photographs and films. And, and from that, he sort of worked his way up into directing these sort of horror films and he was incredibly cool and very laid back and didn't worry about anything he'd say oh don't don't, don't worry don't worry so don't worry because i know the first day 
I was film filming. I, I didn't get a car, they'd, I just had to get myself down there. It was right down in, um, it was, I don't think it was Tennington. I don't think it was, anyway, it was a long, it wasn't, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, anyway, it wasn't near London. And uh, I drove down my little mini, I had a mini car, and I drove down, I had to be down there really, really, really early in the morning, about seven o'clock in the morning, and it bucketed down. It was bucket. it just, I've never seen it, well, obviously seen the rain coming down like that before, but it was straight. And then I got right down to Tennington, and I lost my way, and I couldn't find it. In the end, I turned up really late, the studios, and my shot was the first shot of the day, and I think almost the first shot of the film, because they were all waiting there, everybody was waiting there. And I rushed in as panic, it was nearly in tears, because I mean, I wasn't an experienced actress, I was a really novice. And I said, oh, no, 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 I've got all this, really upset about it. And, and so he said, oh, don't worry, don't worry, we've got plenty of time, just go and get dressed, blah, blah, blah. And it was so relaxed and so nice, it was fine. Uh-huh. So it was a very relaxed guy, very unpretentious, very normal man wow any, rem- any remembrances of peter cushing peter cushing yeah well i worked my that's i see as i did have were, were with peter cushing yeah and uh I, and, oh he was a lovely sort of gentlemanly actor i mean uh his wife he was terribly close to his wife and his wife had died i think sometime before that but i mean he he never really recovered and never i don't think he ever found anybody else and he used to always sit in his dressing room I mean, this is towards sort of his end of his career, anyway. He sat in his dressing room and didn't use a mix, and he'd come and do his scene. He'd be very polite and he'd talk to you very nicely. And he always wore these white gloves because he, I think he used to have uh, a skin condition on his hand. He used to break out from time to time, so he always wore these white gloves. And um, and then he'd do his take and sat and he'd go back into his dressing room. And evidently, when she was alive, his, his wife used to sit in the dressing room all, all the time. And she sat there knitting and the whole production and, and they were inseparable. But he was a very kind, gentle, quiet man. And that's always great to hear about a celebrity actor that people grew up admiring and going yeah. like, you know, I really, you know, wish if I was going to be an actor, I wish I could perform just half as well as he did. Yes. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a great guy. The shame that my first uh, interaction with Peter Cushing was Star Wars, like probably at the very tail end of his career. It's only yes. since basically we started doing this podcast that I've been watching uh, more of his earlier films. And it, yeah, yes. the guy was definitely gifted. Um, so yeah, any film that he's in now, it's kind of like, you know, nowadays Liam Neeson. Like, oh, Liam Neeson. Any movie that Peter Cushing was in, I'll probably give it a watch just because of uh, yeah, he's uh, got a the huge, level of skill yet. Yeah, he's got a huge cult following over here. I mean, people love him. I mean, you know, he's, 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 he and Crystal Lee are both, <laughs> yes. and horror films are all sort of cult, cult icons. Yeah. And it, yeah, he was he was a very very nice man i wish i'd known him better but i mean as i said he was quite quiet and he he didn't socialize i mean he didn't go to the, the rap party he didn't go to any of the things that sort of went on the set he, he just uh, did his job and i presume went home afterwards yeah it is always nice to find someone uh, that is enjoyed and professional that doesn't have some sort of scandal behind their life. Yeah. yeah. The, the biggest scandal <laughs> yes. of their life is that they're still in love with their wife. 
Yeah, um, I mean, he was a, that's what he was. He was just one of those, and he was really emotional. I think when you look at some of his performances, um, you know, you can see that he's an emotional man and he's a very genuine sort of actor. He's, he's, you know, he wasn't like some of those actors, you know, the theatre type actors that were in film in those days, but I mean, he wasn't, he was really a lovely actor, screen actor. Mm. Well, Jenny, I had a question for you. What what attracted you to horror movies when you started out? Well, I, I can't say I was particularly attracted to them. I mean, I I was just pleased to do any movie. And, uh, <laughs> also a good answer. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and um, I mean, I suppose the more they, uh, Hammer Horror, the Hammer Horror did all the producing. That was always very busy and always doing yeah. work. So so you know especially sort of little new young actors has always got sort of parts in it because they're always having these little you know obviously you want to do young and pretty and all the other kind of stuff running around so um so you know it was possibly slightly easier to get into horror movies than it was in other movies yeah that's also true yeah mm-hmm. now you uh you uh thank you joe um going from creepy flesh you uh you got picked up by uh, by Freddie Francis again. Did yeah, you, for, uh, the woman in black, the son of Dracula. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I'm just he wondering, was, what, do you have any remembrances of uh, of working with Ringo Starr and uh, uh, and Harry Nilsson uh, on that uh, on that war, uh, film? Well, I mean, Freddie was really instrumental in my career. I mean, I mean, I remember him saying to me when when I first went there, he said, "Oh, you know." Uh, I, I said, oh, thank you very much for putting me in this film, Freddie, sort of when we finished the winter. He said, oh, I think with work, that you'll do very well. So I don't know what that, and obviously with work, more experience, I did very well. But he was very, into, he put me out for a lot of films. I mean, uh, I got final programs through Freddie Francis recommended me. I got, there was another, I think I even Macintosh Man was recommended by by, by Freddie Francis. And, and then, no, then I did, then he asked me to do um, uh, yeah, Ringo Starr's film. Wow, that dreadful film, yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, it was stuck, and it was, and I got really excited about it. I thought, oh, lovely to work with. Now you guys spill the beans about it. Ringo Starr and all those rock stars, Harry Nilsson, all this kind of stuff. But it was shambolic. I mean, I'm afraid it was shambolic. And, uh, it, you know, we were all, nobody knew what they were doing. Uh, and we were sort of drifting around. I was supposed to be Merlin, the Ringo Starr, who played Merlin, his assistant, and we'd be wandering through. Um, uh, Highgate Cemetery, which is this huge, great big cemetery up in up in um, um, London, and you'd be wandering through there, and then something had happened, and the film was, and so when it was finished, there were all these great gaps in it. I mean, it was just big gaps, and every so there's huge gaps. We don't know how to even edit together. Pearl Fay didn't even know how to edit together. So I, I've never seen it. I've never seen it, and mm. I think, and I did a lot of scenes in it, and I know that people have said I've got about one glimpse, but I mean, I did a lot of scenes in that, and there's one in it. It was all strangely, I think everybody was very out of it, it was all, everything was all over the place. Yeah, and I admit, I, I admit, I, I kind of wanted to see the film because of the, of the song without you, you know, which was the biggest hit off of that. Well, the Harry Nilsson. Yeah, the Harry Nilsson. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and all of a sudden, it's sort of like, uh, this was actually from a movie called Son of Dracula? What? With Ringo Starr? Yeah, yeah, I and know. It was like, 
you're just kind of like, where was I? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, anyway, it was, and it was, it was, oh, there was Ringo Starr, there was on set, there was George Harrison came down to see it, there was a, a Harry Nilsson, everyone was totally out of their heads. Harry Nilsson was there. Uh, John Bonham. Uh, who? Of uh, Led Zeppelin. He was yeah, all yeah, was he? Oh, well, I didn't see him. And the, but but <laughs> so there was who? also Patty Patty Boyd. She was there, and she was hanging around the set all all the time. And she was George Harrison's girlfriend, I think. But yeah. I think she, she I think she was also having something with Harry Nilsson at the time. So I mean, it was all this intrigue and things going on. <laughs> yeah, but there's all there's all this intrigue and things happening, and and people wandering on and wandering off again. I mean, this street were wandering all over the place. Anyway, it was great fun to do. Yes, and so, uh, you know, and then, of course, I know you uh, worked with Jack Nicholson. Yeah. What was that like? Well, that was a whole different kettle of fish, wasn't it? That was with uh, uh, Michelangelo Antonioni, the sort of great Italian film director. So it was much, 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 much bigger budget. I mean, there was no budget. There was no budget on Creeping Flesh. I mean, nothing. I mean, they had, you had, all the costumes were hard and they didn't fit. But that frock I wear, the frock I wear when I'm dancing, it was all gaping down the back. They had to stitch me up down the back because it was too small. So they said, well, we can't zip it up, dear. We'll stitch you into it. So, I mean, so you couldn't, you had to do the whole acting looking forward. You couldn't, cause you couldn't turn around because you'd be sort of all this gaping <laughs> underclothes at the back. I mean, they were shot with very, very little budget. But I had that trouble all, with my clothes too. <laughs> that's why we're video off yeah, <laughs> yes yeah. but but, uh, but of course the passenger had a huge budget because uh, that was um carlo ponte and mgm i think it was and so it was a huge film so, so there is a, there is a huge difference i guess in environment when you're going from a smallish film like creeping flesh yeah to Antonioni uh, on the passenger, or John Houston in Macintosh Man. Yeah, you've yeah. Got these really, where the mega, you know, the mega studio budget is involved. Yeah, Can you yeah. kind of talk about the difference between how the well, two environments. The Mac yeah, the Macintosh Man wasn't. I mean, there was a book. They went to Malta, but I didn't go to Malta. But. I mean, it was still shot in a British studio, which even though they're big, they were still quite modest. And, um, you know, you didn't get the impression that it was masses of money being flashed around, and not in the Macintosh man, because, I mean, again, I remember having a very tight-fitting little dress that had just been hired, and they squeezed me into it. And a lot of the, a lot of the settings were like that. And um, they were just shot in small... I mean, those scenes I have at Paul Newman just shot in some old studio... Down, down in I think it was it's down in Teddington again I think it was and uh, um, but but the, the passenger was really like the hugest budget film I'd ever been on which was really luxury you stayed in these incredible hotels beautiful hotels you stayed in the hotels for weeks even if they were going to use you for like two days they wouldn't let you go home so you know it was it was really money money was no real object and the others wow. were all typical British films where money was an object. And then you get to go on to, I, I see that you worked with um, Tony Richardson, uh, yeah. the famed theater I, and, and, and film director. Yeah, yeah, I did Joseph Andrews with him. Yeah. And uh, uh, the lead in that was Anne Margaret. 
and it was a sort of restoration. That was that was. Very, I mean, that had a fairly big budget. It was, it was very lavish, sort of uh, restoration period costumes, and and uh, we stayed down in, in. It was actually a beautiful summer. It was in the UK, and it was a beautiful summer, and we were right down in the Stow in the Wold. It was a little village, virtually unspoiled, and they dressed the whole village. So incredibly, all the shops had tattered their signs and everything. It looked exactly like they did in the Middle Ages, and uh, that was very nice. Yes, we stayed down there. But even there, we, we were all putting up, put up. With, they were lovely old pubs. But we stayed in pubs and things like that. I mean, it's only when you go abroad, these big American budget movies and things, that you stay in these flash hotels usually. Now my uh, my understanding, my impression is that Anne Margaret is just such this sparkling personality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she must have been uh, a good joy to work with on the set. Yeah, she was. She was. She was. Uh, she was. But she was incredibly professional. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of I mean, people were relaxed towards the end of the film, and then, but but she, I think, she had a husband with her, so she was. You didn't see a lot of her. No. She's a work when she come out and she joined people for dinner and things, but then she'd go home again. She didn't, uh, I didn't get to know her very well. And people bring their husbands and their families in a lot of those. Wow. A lot of it. Yeah. So. Don't tell my wife. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You'll get, you know, get hired on a, an act and they'll say, oh, yeah, bring a wife with you. <laughs> and no one will get a word. You know, I, I'm, if I can get a word in here now. The Island, which I saw that, and I had the devil of a time trying to find it because, of course, it's part of a larger movie, uh, which cheats when IMDb doesn't tell you those things. Yeah. But you got to work with Charles Gray and John Hurt. Of course, yeah, you're not in a lot of that movie. No, not at all, yeah. no. But that was directed by Bob Fuse, Robert Fuse, mm -hmm. who... who uh, uh, he, he was a great friend of mine, and I, he directed me in the final program, which originally Freddie Francis uh, suggested me for, to them. So that was due to Freddie Francis, and I had the lead in that. And um, so Rob and I became a great, great friends, and whenever he had a little bit, he'd say, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? It's not much, do you want it? And as I was always, I wanted to work, things I said, do it. Yeah, and that's, that's how that one came about. I've never seen it, that John Hurt one. Well, it's, it's it's interesting. It's atmospheric because I watched it last night. Did, um, you, did you get to spend any time with John Hurt or Charles Gray? Both very special. No, no I I didn't. I did spend some time with John Hurt because I did another film with him later on called uh, Spectre. Oh yes, was, yeah. Which yeah. wasn't. Uh, uh, I think it's shown now as a theater movie or something. I don't know what it does. It didn't have get the rounds, but they finished it. And uh, yeah, I, I had a bigger part. I did speak to him that. Yeah, he was very nice. He was very nice. Yeah. Which is your connection to Gene Roddenberry, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, you know, working what for uh, Spectre? Well, he wrote he, he wrote it. Yeah, and, he wrote it. And, uh, I don't know. He just he just asked me. I don't know. I don't know yeah. how you know yeah. came up through somebody other my agent or somebody or somebody must have said you can use it. Yeah, yeah. it was John. Yeah, but John was drinking in those days. So he, oh god, he used to drink and he he'd be really drinking. And then they'd say, uh, Mr. Hurt, Mr. Hurt, time for your take. And he, then he'd go and do this immaculate takes. Were perfect, absolute fabulous performance and everything. So he, he really was extraordinary actor. Wow, you got to respect that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and then kill over and sleep and go like, uh, don't disturb me. I have a hangover, but I'll be perfect on the next take, guys. Promise in six hours. No. Yeah. Now I had a question, Jenny. Um, you started in, or you were uh, a part of movie 1979, The Lady Vanishes. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I find intriguing. I, I find all train movies intriguing uh, if they're shot on the moving train, if they're shot off of it. I'm always yeah. interested in how they can get that together. But I'm more interested in uh, The Lady Vanishes would stand as Hammer Films' last film. Yeah, yeah Hammer Films' last film. For 29 and did, years. Yeah. And Hammer Films' 29 years. Yeah. Now, my question I, is, um, mm-hmm. what was your opinion on hammer films at that point uh, was it a company that was basically going to turn well, itself over collapse is, or they're just putting everything on pause i don't know the whole thing is when i did the creeping flesh it was all said oh this is the last of the hammer hammer films because i don't think they made much of the creeping flesh and then suddenly in 1979 they resurrect themselves with uh, uh, the lady vanishes and i don't know what happened are they still they're not are they working now hammer Hammer? No. Well, under a new, under the, under a totally new ownership or totally new. Uh, yeah. 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 Simply the name. But actually, the Creeping Flesh was Amicus uh, Films, which was Hammer's rival. Hammer's uh, right. Oh, wow. Right. There you are. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you uh, know, Amicus would poach Christopher Lee <laughs> and Peter Cushing whenever possible. Yeah. Uh, and that's why people got confused. He actually used some of the same. Um, Special effects, makeup, and camera people too, because of oh, course, hot. yeah, yeah. There's, well, yeah. there's only so many of them out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I always, well, because I mean, I know Freddie Francis was totally usually associated with Hammer films, wasn't he? And so was Peter Cushing, and so was Christopher Lee. I don't know why yeah. I always thought that was. I probably didn't read. Obviously, didn't read my contract. Well, but anyway, that's that's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a movie, and you just wanted to be in it because yeah. you got cast. Here, yeah. here's my dotted line. You're too it's, like busy all, it's like they all say, as long as the name is right on the paycheck, it, you know, uh, you know <laughs> that's all I'm. That's all I'm interested in. As long as they spell my name right on the paycheck. Yeah. Uh, now I, I wanted to ask you one. One of my favorite um, films of the period of the '70s uh, is Ridley Scott's The Duelists. Oh yeah. Uh, and yeah. talk about uh, uh, you know I've. Uh, Heard that that Ridley is such a uh, uh, seeking of perfection kind of uh, a, a director. Yeah. Always wants to have has to have everything just so getting the shot right. What was yeah. your uh, impression of him? Well, he was just like this. He was absolutely. I mean, that was a big budget film. We we shot it on incredible locations down in the Dordogne in France. Oh, it was actually marvelous. I mean, you you really thought you're back in the French, you know time of the French Revolution and uh, so unspoiled in the little villages and again they kept down all these old far- farmhouses that were ancient and they made them look even more ancient and we all stayed in these farmhouses and, and films and um, oh yeah and, and he was so dynamic and he you, you didn't I never really mixed with him because, but you, he was always there on sets and uh, he always was surrounded by a whole group of gaggle of people running around behind him and he, was, he talked very fast and uh, they spent hours setting up. I mean, his lighting was extraordinary. And, and, uh, and that, that's what took most time, lighting at this huge, beautiful location, the lights of 
lights were so glamorous, everything was beautiful. And yeah, he was, and everything was meticulous, meticulous. I mean, you did these takes that, it was totally fine tuned. It was like, it was like an art piece, basically. And to work with him, that's what it was like. You know, there's no way you were stitched into the costume. <laughs> no, I, no. I couldn't imagine even, even a young Ridley Scott yeah he's yeah. Yeah. probably pulling out all the stops <laughs> yeah I mean I had this incredible dress gold dress that they made for me uh, in, in the Empire line and um, it was beautiful filigree gold lace sort of thing. I mean it must have cost a fortune <laughs> and then you can't really see it in the film but I had a gold tooth made that they wanted me to have a gold tooth at the side because she's she, I own a salon. I mean, you know, I'm a woman of sort of slightly shady repute. And uh, so I had this gold, I had so many fittings. I had to go to Harley Street, very exclusive area, and had this gold tooth fitted on the side. I had to give it back at the end, mind you. But I mean, it, you know, no expense was spared in getting the look right, getting the look exactly right. And you know, you didn't have a tin gold tooth, it was real gold tooth. Just mm. that over your tooth, yeah. Yeah, so it was incredible. Mm. Don't want to lose that one on set. No, yeah. I know. I kept thinking, I wonder if I, wonder if I better. Sometimes they say, oh, you can have that because it's been made for you. It's not really of use to anybody else. But no, they had they took it back. So I presume it went back, got melted down. They got the gold back. Mm. <laughs> now, I see that you were in uh, The Witches, which, of course, is a very popular movie over here. Yes. Mm. And yeah. I know that they are remaking that. If they haven't it's finished remade. already. It's remade. It's remade already. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was just wondering if you had an opinion on on that movie being remade. I mean, some actors look at it that it's sacrilege, that the original movie is perfect. And sometimes they are correct. Um, yeah. How Do you have an opinion on the subject? Uh, no. I mean, I, I, was, I thought, oh, gosh, they're making re, 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 The Witches. And... Uh, I haven't seen it actually. I know it's, it's been out a while. Now. It's been out about a year, and I haven't seen it. But I have friends who went to see it, and they said, "Oh, it, you know, it's all right. It's a shame. It's not. It's not. It's really not as good as, it, as the first one. They reckon. But I mean, it's, it, it was just um, even the critics didn't like it all that much. But I saw some incredible stills when they had these like, witches' hands changing into all this stuff. So I mean, I was used CGI a lot, so it would have been scarier, but. I don't think it was as scary as, as the original one. Not mm. for kids. Mm. All right, something to think of. Mm. Now I'm seeing that you um, uh, that you got to work one of the uh, one of the great uh, dramas of the '90s is Restoration. Yes. Um, with uh, directed by Michael Hoffman. And yeah. I, they have Robert Downey Jr. Right? And yeah, um, yeah Robert Downey Jr. Mm. Sam Neill, I think. There's yeah. also Meg Ryan. Also I, I'm just, yeah, I was just wondering, um, you know, what's your impression of that uh, that film? Your uh, uh, your remembrances of working with uh, uh, Hoffman is a very theater uh, you know, yeah. director. It was it was just a it was a very big American film, really, and uh, I mean I wasn't in very very much of it, and it was it, it was also no expenses. Bad. I remember I had a very, very nice outfit. And the wig was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. was, he kept disappearing off the set, come back. And uh, anyway, so, and it was the summer again. It was, it was summer shot in the country down here in the summer. So it was a, 
we all had very nice caravans. It was, it was just a fun movie to do. I haven't got a lot of stories about that. <laughs> you got to meet uh, Ian McKellen, Dale, right? Did you get a chance to meet him? Ian McKellen? So no, Ian McKellen? Meet- so I've met him otherwise but I haven't met him didn't meet him then no mm. yeah. so now you had after restoration there was a period of time before your uh, your next work was was this were you taking time away from uh, uh, from from doing films or uh, yeah how what what so after what what I do after restoration was there time off yeah it seemed like yeah, there's about, like, a, 10 years I think yeah, something like uh, 13 years, yeah. as a matter of fact. Was it? Yeah. Well, I was doing things. I didn't, Maybe I was doing theatre. I mean, I was always working. I'm about theatre. And also, if, oh, I did my art school then, because I think went, I went to St. Uh, St. Martin's. I did a whole lot there. And I was making making these little little short films myself, which I only ever showed at festivals. But, yeah, I was into that. Okay. And I had my kids. I was bringing up my kids. Yeah, that's, that's when all that was. I didn't realize it was that long. But Your, anyway. your hand's been just about... We're just in just everything, uh, <laughs> doing different things. Yeah, I did do a lot. I have always, I've, I've always, even I loved acting. I was more interested in sort of, uh, uh, in, you know, in, in the art world. I mean, acting is the art world as far as well as I'm concerned. But that's so. If I wasn't acting, I always would do something else. I would, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be not be doing anything. I used to do theatre. I used, to, I taught a lot of drama. I used, as I said, I made these little short films. I got my my masters. Getting a conceptual fine art practice masters at Central Arts is pretty hard work. And that takes quite a few years, and because uh, you have to go to be a. So I mean, yeah, I was I was very busy. And yes, you were. You also did apparently some radio. And I gotta ask you, other guys here. I'm familiar with Spring Hill Jack. Are the rest of you familiar with that name? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 Anthony and, and Joe. I have my own uh, my own radio programs at one point. That's that's my that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. I was just wondering if the rest of the gentlemen here were familiar with Spring Hill Jack. I've always been. Yeah, uh, she, really, she did a radio familiar, show. Not really. Where did you listen? Did you listen to that whole series? Where did you listen to a wireless theater? Uh, no, I did not get to hear it. I'm just familiar with the story and uh, spring hill jack yeah, yeah okay. spring hill jack itself yeah i was not aware that there was a radio story until i started yeah. doing some research here yeah, and yeah. uh my minion uh that works with my me on my show yeah uh, is very big into radio so I, I have to go ask him about that now he may have that somewhere on his shelf yeah 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 uh, because that was produced wireless theater company which is which is a, a radio uh, does plays new plays it's owned by my daughter and oh we, yeah and one of the first successes that she put out was the spring hill jack so i'm quite pleased that you actually heard of it yeah yeah mm. uh, that, that's fantastic uh, no because like uh to answer al's question i used to dj with uh like even though kevin was in the same school college as me yeah and we took the same class I was a DJ at a college radio station, so it was just sort of like, hey, I would play whatever type of music I wanted to play. Sometimes I'd play, you know, comedy songs or just playing rock and roll, whatever I wanted. And this is quite fascinating because I'll have to dig into this story. So thanks for sharing that with us, Al and Jenny. <laughs> yeah, well, 
great. Mm. So uh, I, I got to ask you, the, um, what is your, uh, I, I see that you've got uh, the short, the evening with Taglioni on the horizon. It's, it's still in post, uh, uh, post-production. Well, Taglioni, um, Taglioni, yeah. Taglioni, is there? Well, that, I'm going to tell you a story about that. That yes, is, please. That's my other daughter, because my other daughter is a choreographer. She was a ballet dancer, now she's a choreographer. And she oh, made nice. that film, Tag, she made Taglioni. So uh, she, she does. She works with a partner, another another girl, another another girl, and they're called um, Jess and Morg Sum, and that's what Taglioni is. And so, and she said to me, oh, "Mum, would you do this part in it?" So, said it's a small part, and uh, yes, I did. So I'm not I'm not dancing. Obviously, she's got some beautiful dancers. One one New York City Ballet, one of prima ballerinas, and um, the story is it's also another sort of weird story. Basically, oh, that brings yeah. up a question because um, we had Dee Wallace on before, and um, you know she, everyone knows Dee Wallace. She's a storied actor, especially in the horror genre. Um, but she also raised a family while acting, and mm-hmm. as she got older, her her daughter um, uh, jumped into productions too, and uh, she started in a film with her daughter. Um, now, yeah. my my question for you because her, if I remember correctly, it was a little awkward for her to be acting in the same film as her daughter. But for you, um, how, how did it feel having your daughter produce a film that uh, you were starring in? Well, uh, I've done a couple with her. And the first one is one called um, Curing Albrecht, which is based on Giselle. And uh, she, she gets, she's really building reputation. It's, it's a ballet choreographer sort of narrative story. And, um, I suppose I don't know. I didn't notice it really. I mean, yes. I mean, you have to actually. Uh, you. I mean, I'm always very careful to uh, not not be a mother and say something or right. That's probably where the awkwardness came. Yeah, I just sort of wait there and say, "She's." Well, I said, "Would you, do you like this outfit? Would you check my makeup? What do you think?" Yeah, I just treat it like another director. I mean, you can't do anything else, can you? Because if not, it wouldn't work. Yeah, so, or that, as you mentioned, yeah. like the mother part comes, well, uh, I don't like that. Can we do it this way? And this, nah, respecting and the I role you be, have uh, and the role the daughter has. Yeah, I think Yeah, no, I would be able to do that. I don't think she, I mean, you know, neither would do. I mean, when I've done plays for Marrow and things, um, neither, I, I, yeah, yeah I, I'm, uh, they say some tough, quite tough things. I go, all right, sorry, I'll go try again, and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? I, 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 I allow them their power because they're the ones they have got the power. I'm mean, just an actress in, in their in their things. Hmm. Well, now that we're getting into the weird stuff, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, what? Um, the weird stuff. Yes, I, I knew that would wake Joe up. Um, <laughs> what? One I haven't heard, of, I had not heard about before. I haven't seen it. Uh, and British films make these, you know, to the American eye at least, uh, these rather odd mashups sometimes. And at this moment, I'm talking about Jubilee in 1978. Yeah. Where you played the Bod. Queen Elizabeth Bod, travels Bod. 400 years. Yeah, I played two roles. I played Queen Elizabeth I and I played Bod, the leader of Bod is short for Bodicea leader of the gang of, 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 of Anarchus. That's my favorite film, if you really want to know. Is it? Oh, nice. Yeah, I love it. It's my well, now i got to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's 
very violent and very strange. But I mean, I was so involved with that film, and I, I'd known Derek. You know, I knew Derek before it all happened, and we were also we were great mates, and I'd done little things and short things with him, and before, and, and uh, you know, then the punk whole thing started, and we used to go to clubs together. So it all grew from a kind of you know, I was it took about two years of my life, I think, because you know, we start from the inception, and then the film, and then went went to Cam with it, and did all the, uh, the post. Anyway, so yeah, so it was, it was, I, I love it. I mean, I'm very proud of it. Okay, I'm I'm flipping through some stills here of it, and uh, it looks like half Rocky Horror, half Lacaja Falls. Uh, there's a looks like there's a goldfish bowl at one point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I very interesting bowl. stuff. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, Derek had this art school background. I mean, that's what he was. He was a, he was a, he had two degrees. He was in history he was a brilliant guy degree in history and and he really knew his history and he, he could write beautifully and uh, uh he, he, he his art his, his art he was an artist so he basically was a painter so the whole thing was the concept of set up painterly concept that he brought to the screen it's shot the most incredible budget i mean it was building the sets we were all helping doing the sets down this old warehouse and Lugging things in and doing things, and some of the things we had to do out the London streets, we used to get up at five o'clock in the morning before everybody was around and go to shoot them in the seats because we could never get, never afford to pay for permission, and then hit and do the do the filming and then get in a car and drive off. I mean, it was it was really. I like working like that. I like working like that on a shoestring and just having doing what comes up and just you know improvising and getting in ideas and changing something. And awesome. I like that. Mm. So are you working on anything new, Jenny, other than uh, what's in post right now? Uh, yeah, I've got some projects that's going on, yeah, which I don't... Yeah, I've, got, I've, I've written a book, actually, which is... I'm writing again, three, my third rewrite, and then hopefully that'll come out. That's on working with directors and working in film. And, uh, yeah, and I've got a couple of projects coming up, I have. Mm. Awesome. Anything you can share here, or it's still, like, uh, under lock and key? What? Is that to like, share? Um, with... uh, premises... Anything to entice the audience, your listeners? Well, just take a look out for my book. Because hopefully that will be out within a few months. So, oh. that can, And that's called I Think You're Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds I, like a Hammer film, if there, a new Hammer film, if there ever was one. Yeah, I Think well. You're Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after seeing you, after looking up here, uh, that last movie we just talked about, and the burning baby, yeah. and a couple of these other ones. You know, I think your nuts sounds like the perfect title for uh, a book. And then they have to, of course, make that into a movie. I, I can see dancers with feathers and lots of makeup uh, uh, in that somehow. I, I don't know how. We'll get Fosse to come in and, and help with some of the <laughs> the dancing or something. I don't know, but it sounds yeah. fun. Good. Okay. Well, lovely. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, uh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm feeling very happy. I've always got something. Hopefully, I've always, I always have had some some project that I'm working on somewhere doing, and um, hope it always goes on like that. Well, where can our listeners find you, Jenny, if they want to learn more about your work? Um, well, they could look on my website, and you, they can you always email me on my website. It comes through to my email address. And that's JennyRenneker.com? Yeah, and if they want anything like work-wise, it's my agent, Thomas Bowington, that I think you know. Mm. Yeah. Jenny, I think the ghost of Freddie Francis is still looking down on you and saying, You got this, kid. <laughs> you got yeah, this. Yeah, dear old Freddie. Yeah, he probably is out there. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, lovely. Yes, I'm so. Well, thank you for coming on, Jenny. Uh, yeah, it was great it. going through much. your history and um, yeah. everything involving uh, your movies. I still need to watch Creeping Flesh. It is probably the one of five movies that I have uh, saved yeah, yeah. in Prime Video uh, that I need yeah. to watch because um, with you and everyone else involved in the premise, it just sounds really great. And um, I wish you luck on uh, your future success, and we'll wait to see the book. Great. Yes. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, there's everybody. Thank you. There's Kevin. So yeah. closing, so give you guys a look. What are you guys working on, Kevin? What do you got coming up? Uh, still more, you know, still more writing. Um, got a few. Uh, uh, still working on a for Screen Magazine. Uh, there is a. Uh, uh, I'm doing a piece on the mummy in film, and, nice. uh, uh, and, and so forth. And it encompasses the Universal Mummy series and all this stuff, and it goes on up to uh, Tom Cruise, uh, you know, films. Awesome. Kind of how the uh, the mummy film is. Uh, the mummy is almost yeah, no well, longer the, the almost no longer the horror monster. No, yeah, they really changed it over the years. Yeah, and. Uh, so we're working on some uh, on that, but uh, that's uh, that's about it. And of course, my my book, which will be uh, hopefully out next year. Awesome. Yeah. Keeping us at the films of David Warner. Oh, awesome. Interesting. Mm. Al, what's good on Creature Features this week? Ah, well, we just uh, did The Snake Woman from 1961. <laughs> uh, yes, there's something about a woman that can not only shed her entire skin, but swallow a rat hole. Uh, make some boys set up and think. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and next week's movie is, uh, oh gosh, we just did it. And I've already blanked out because I'm already on to the next one because that's how it is when you're a horror host. Um, but I have been confirmed for being at the New Jersey Horror Con. Oh, good. It'll be interesting nice. to see what New Jersey thinks horror is. <laughs> okay. So I will be out there in September. Well, the New Jersey Horror Film Festival is really good. It pulls in a really good audience. Uh, Al, what I New Jersey good thinks is horror. What New Jersey thinks is horror is Snooky. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm ducking and covering here, people. Joe, yes. what you working on, Joe? Uh, well, I am just uh, working on upcoming new episode for my show. Uh, Going to be talking about the Army of the Dead, just because yes. you have to bring it up. Yes. Stop Anyone it. who's a Zack Snyder it. fan or a zombie fan or Dave Bautista fan, you're going to enjoy this one. It just came out on Netflix uh, yesterday. Yes. So that's basically it. Just me. Just talking. Awesome. But, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for coming on again, Jenny. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so Very much. Lovely. Enjoy the rest of your you evening. Yeah. You've all nice things. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, it be nice meeting you all. Okay, you then. Too. All right. Yeah. Have a great evening. Yeah. Bye. And thank you guys for tuning into the Grim and Bloody podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. Have a good one. Yes. Good night, everyone. It's good night from me, and it's good night from him. <laughs>